Hey guys, Joey's here, and I can't speak apparently, but welcome back to Droolish. Welcome back to Droolish, episode 1-6. I'm your host, Joey Montano. If you're unaware, Droolish is a podcast that's focused on sleep and relaxation, uh, paired up with my quote-unquote soothing voice, and uh, I generally like to talk about random subjects, and I've been doing this uh, football pick thing for uh, for about a few weeks now, and it's starting to gain more traction than I anticipated, so I'm going to keep going, and apparently if you guys like the picks, keep doing it. Uh, this week, this episode, I should say, we're focusing on reviewing last week's week, week three picks briefly, going over week four, then going into the anti-power rankings, and then offering the occasional sneaky value upset pick. Uh, and I think that worked last week. I wanted to start want to start keeping track of all of my bets, all of my even hypothetical bets, uh, just so I can document what works and what doesn't, and provide you guys better quality picks and results. Now I know I do get that the football ones, football episodes tend to get more traction, and I. And while the goal is to help you fall asleep, and hopefully it does, I don't want you guys to listen and hang on to every word that I have because uh, that would kind of defeat the purpose of the podcast of you sleeping. But if you happen to, you know, doze off in the dreamland, that's cool. Otherwise, if you can't go to sleep to this and you find the value in the picks, then, you know, go ahead and listen to this during the day. Uh, then uh, everybody wins. At least that's my solution, you know. Or you don't have to download it at all, at all, but where's the fun in that? You know, I, I, I like to see those downloads. It means that I'm providing the value, or at least, you know, somewhat value in my head. So uh, to go back, let's talk about week two of the NFL. Or sorry, week three of the NFL, because we're coming up on week four. Uh, week three of the NFL, I'm pulling up my NFL Pro Football Pick'em. And if you kept track of my picks... Uh, it started out hot, and then it became not very, very fast. So to review, last week, I picked Jacksonville, underdog, got it. Buffalo gets Cincinnati, got it. Dallas versus Miami, got it. Green Bay versus Denver. Pick Green Bay, uh, sorry, pick Green Bay versus Denver, got it. Picked Atlanta versus Indianapolis, and Indy pulled that out. That's on me. Uh, I could have taken the Indy line, but I really believe that uh, Matt Ryan and his team had it together. Uh, turns out Indianapolis had more of it together than I anticipated. So kudos, Indy. You got it. I didn't get the pick, though. I picked Baltimore as a sneaky underdog pick against Kansas City. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised that Kansas City won. I just thought that pick would have been a little bit more... Uh, sneaky, um, based on how Baltimore was playing, uh, probably did over-adjust on how, str how strong they were coming into Week 3. Uh, that's on me. I, you know, a lot of people probably picked Casey to win that one. That was, uh, and, and more of these picks, the... Oh, let me, let me take a step back. No, let me, let me go forward, and then I'll take a step back. Um, so yeah, got Baltimore wrong. Uh, Minnesota, picked them over Oakland, got it. Picking New England, picked New England over Jets, got it. Upset pick, Detroit over Philly. Got that one. 
I told you guys, don't sleep on Detroit. I'm three, I'm sorry, I'm 2-0-1-1 in Detroit picks, okay? Trust me. Trust me on my Detroit. I, I know, I know my team. Picking, picked Carolina over Arizona. Got it. This is where everything hits the fan. Tampa over the Giants. Lost that. I'm pretty sure everyone, I don't know who would pick the Giants to win, but like, Tampa, ugh. It's a loss. I, it's officially a loss, but man, I'm not, I don't like that one. Uh, I picked Houston over, sorry, I picked Los Angeles over Houston. Uh, I thought Los Angeles was firing at all cylinders. They clearly weren't. That was just, that was bad pick on me. There's not even an excuse. You know, it's not, generally I like the, if there was a margin of error, I could understand, but the Chargers, it, it, it was a misfire. Wrong on that one. Um, like I said, Kansas City, I got a little bit too cute. Was wrong on that one. So, I mean, that's already two picks I've lost uh, based on my logic there. I picked Pittsburgh over San Fran. Uh, it, well, the game was pretty close. Uh, I, you know, it, to me, it proves that San Fran's more legitimate. Uh, it does prove to me that Pittsburgh isn't a, as big of a pushover as what people think. But uh, I was hoping Pittsburgh could pull it out. They weren't. Um, that kind of, for me, week three is a signal of, like, the teams that actually want to show up will show up. Uh, they didn't, so... Uh, yeah, that's actually pretty disappointing. Uh, I'm not going to chalk that up as a wrong pick. I, I felt pretty happy with that Pittsburgh pick, but... Uh, man, that's a bummer, though. I uh, picked Seattle over New Orleans. Yeah, I didn't know Seattle was playing a little bit flat uh, last... or, like, the week prior. So that's a mispick on my part, but, you know, I, I'm, I was pretty pretty comfortable with Seattle regardless. I know they lost. Uh, picking the Rams over Cleveland, did that. And then I picked Washington as a sneaky pick over Chicago. I put too much faith in Case Keenum when I put too little faith in Mitz, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, that's on me. Like, I could have, if I played more straightforward, I know week I know week two, and I don't like jumping, jumping back, but, like, week two, I think I nailed four of my five underdog picks. In this case, I nailed one, two... Only two of my one, two, three, four, five, six, two of six play underdogs. So, uh, like I said, I'm a bit sad about that one. I probably, like I said, I, I probably went a little bit overboard. Uh, and I also realized in week two, all of my underdog picks hit really, really well. And that's why I jumped significantly. Uh, my total points, I have 29 total points, should be 30, but I missed the very first game. But um, 29 points is the official. Uh, my rank is now in the 61st percentile. Uh, I jumped big after week two. Apparently, a lot of people barely even got a 50-50 record, and I crushed it. Uh, week three, everyone else crushed it with more traditional picks. And I think moving forward, week four and beyond, we have a good idea of how teams are going to be performing uh, as a whole. So there's going to be a lot of closer picks for week four than there are going to be week three. Uh, like I said, a little bit disappointed with the nine and seven. Could have been eleven and five if I did more straightforward. Maybe twelve and six if I didn't buy into my old uh, underdog underdog uh, picks. Well, that's fine though. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna have to give you guys my confidence meter for each one. Let you know how I feel in week four, and we'll get to it. So that's it. Let's get to week four. Alright, clicking, clicking the Droolish uh, team. So if you're unaware, and I don't know if you have the ability to join, but if you're on Yahoo, 
I do have a Yahoo Fantasy Sports team, and I do all of my picks via the Pick'em, uh, Yahoo Pick'em. And I like to keep it straightforward, and I just do my picks, and I go about my life. Now, if you're worried about like the spread and beating the spread and whatnot, I can do that stuff too, but I feel like at that point, uh, Droolish won't even become like a sleep and relaxation podcast. I said this is more of me just doing this off the cup. You get to hear my analysis as I talk, and I have done research before. Um, my problem is, last week it seemed like I overthought too much. So, I will offer my logic, my insights, and I'll offer you the confidence of what I feel uh, for these teams, but for the spreads, uh, I actually got really involved into a lot of sports analytic mo- sports analytics models, looking at like a lot of boring spreadsheets and creating like a little cohort analysis. You know, kind of like if you ever watch a baseball game now, that tell you which which zones hit well, like in the nine area matrix proxy or whatever it's called. It's like I'm creating something similar to that with a few other uh, sports betting models, and uh, that's mainly for betting and spreads and figuring out valued underdog picks um, through using uh, well like AI, machine learning, and all these advanced stats. Um, that's a lot more cooler and advanced compared to me. Uh, you know, looking at data in real or looking at this stuff in real time and making a, a judgment. Um, but it's not as fun. You know, I just don't want to look and be like, okay, here are the picks. And then my logic is, well, that's what it says. You know, so I, I like to understand why I'm making the picks. I like to understand what's the logic behind like some of these models. So uh, I might call a reference to some of these models uh, down the road. So just for your information, um, that's potentially something that I might call back to. Now, for the week four picks specifically, I've done some research on a couple of these teams, and I decided to do some uh, some pre-picks early so I don't overthink and convince myself that um, a matchup is good or a matchup is bad just because of my initial hunch or just because I overthink. So I gave myself the initial pick, and I'm going to either talk myself to moving back or moving forward. So this week... There are only going to be 15 games this week and not 16. Uh, I think the bye weeks start coming, and let's see here. Yep. It's kind of weird how the first couple weeks there's only two teams that have a bye week, and then and then it goes to four, like in week six, I believe. Yeah. Nice little phase in. So, looking at the teams right here, and looking at my picks, in order. Yes, so it's fantasy for a second. Uh, if you want to look me up, uh, Team's Droolish. That's on Yahoo Fantasy Sports. And I'm in three groups. Technically, one is the overall leaders, and I'm also in fans of Detroit and fans of fans from Michigan. So, uh, yeah, feel free to join, look at my picks. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can even chat back and forth. But, uh, yeah, if you have any questions or insights or feedback that you want to have, uh, be sure to email me, droolishpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter, I would just type in droolish, D-R-O-O-L-ish, I-S-H, on the search for Yahoo and Twitter, or sorry, not Yahoo, and Twitter and Facebook, and the page will pop up. Now, I don't actually have many fans on, on either or, but I would like to increase that just a little bit. So if you're a fan of the cast, and you know, throw, throw some love my way, feel free to like and all that stuff. Um, that tells me, <laughs> at least that signals to me that you like the, what I'm doing, or at least that you're a fan of, I don't know, like a fan. It's so crazy because I have so many downloads now. 
Um, and I keep getting more downloads by the day, and I'm wondering how many people are listening. Um, or, you know, how long they're listening. So, and, yeah, I'm also wondering how much of a value, like, I feel like I am helping, but, uh, you know, these are downloads, and I do download some podcasts, and I try to listen to them, too, in, Europe, in, in, in my spare time. So, I don't know, I'm always curious. Anyway, anyway, uh, back to Yahoo, Yahoo Picks. So, if you're unaware, if you're in Yahoo, most of the picks, um, on the left side, they're favorites, on the right side, they're underdogs. So, when I go over each pick, assume... Uh, the favorites, assume it's a favorite, then underdog, and it's not just home versus away. Because I know sometimes people think, oh, yeah, if I said the first team, it's home, or the third, second team is the away. Um, that's not that's not the case. It's going to be favorite and underdog. And what I'm going to do on top of that is I'm changing my my odds counts. Uh, moving from I'm moving away from Vegas odds because most of them are related to sports books and sports betting. And I'm going to focus on, uh, I think it's called Oddshark. So let's see if I can find it right here. It's oddshark.com. And I'm going to focus the betting lines on Oddshark uh, compared to Vegas because it compares to all the, like, the opening bets. And I'm probably most likely going to be doing all my bets online moving forward. Probably using Bet Online and Bovada, kind of between them. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, we will see. So, right now, we're looking at the teams. Let me put this in order. From starting Thursday, tomorrow night's game, at Green Bay versus Philadelphia. This is interesting, uh, because I honestly don't know how well Green Bay performs on Thursday night games, and generally Thursday night games are games that team that is just the least rested uh, loses big time, and they're usually lopsided, lopsided victories. I don't think Green Bay had a hard time last week, and I feel like their team's probably a little bit more fresher, and I'm using freshness on this specific game, versus Philadelphia, they they bungled the last game against Detroit. Not to say Detroit deserved to win, um, but Philadelphia more deserved to lose than Detroit deserved to win. Like, they handed that game to Detroit, and Detroit is obviously um, a capable team these days, so they're not going to let those mistakes go unwarranted. So Philadelphia, after a four-day rest, after a game that they probably feel like they should have won, and a tough fought game, a lot of mental errors, I just don't see them. I initially picked Green Bay, so Green Bay's playing at home as a favorite. I picked Green Bay over Philly, and I just can't convince myself to to say Philly is either the better team, uh, I can't convince myself to, see, to say like Philly plays better on Thursdays. Uh, Philadelphia's team, it's coming together, but facing Green Bay right now is probably the worst time for them, in my opinion. So i got to stick with Green Bay. I pick Green Bay, and I'm, I really can't convince myself to not pick them. Moving on to the next game. Atlanta versus Tennessee. Now, Atlanta is a favorite here, and Atlanta is a four-point favorite. Both teams are one and two, and I feel like Atlanta is out for blood. Uh, Matt Ryan kind of got his game going later on, and Matt Ryan is usually Matt Ryan. He's not terrible. It's just kind of the team around him that he deals with. Tennessee, on the other hand, has been on a huge free fall. They've been... They crushed it week one against the Browns, 
and then it just seems like they toppled out and their offense have st their offense has stalled. Mariota is getting exposed, and it seems like most teams are kind of catching on to it. Um, Mariota is probably an average, you know, he, he, he's a starting quarterback in the league in my opinion, but he's not going to be a game changer, and I don't think the coaching and the play calling in Tennessee is going to allow Mariota to actually take advantage of his play style, and it always seems to be the case where he's just like, always oh, okay. Maybe he can play as flashes of goodness, and he can play good, but it's never super consistent, and he usually ends up being a little bit underwhelming. Uh, again, not to say he's bad. It's just it's just crazy that like the gap between you know average from, from like mediocre or average to good is like is so steep in the NFL. Like, I don't know the talent the talent pool for the QBs. It's uh, now that we're having all these new Hall of Fame quarterbacks going out. Like the talent pool is starting to dwindle, or, or I should say it's maybe undiscovered. We can't say the talent's great, or good or bad. We got that, that's a that's a time will tell thing. But for now. Atlanta with Matt Ryan. I believe he's still in. I'm going to double check this. I'm going to have to check the schedule here. I don't want to start going at these, making these picks without doing any more additional due diligence. So Atlanta did lose against Indy, a very strong, a very strong Indy team. And I feel like that was more Atlanta not taking them as seriously. But they also beat the Eagles at the Titans. I definitely think that Atlanta wins this one. Uh, I'm going to look at the roster, double check the depth charts. Uh, no one, no one is actually super injured. Yeah, everything's fairly fine with health-wise too. Yeah, I like Atlanta in this one. I probably overanalyzed that a little bit too much, but currently Green Bay, Atlanta. Now on to number three. Wait, is this real? Okay, New England at Buffalo. New England's gonna crush this game. They're gonna win like probably. I don't know, Belichick seemed pretty angry after that, after how the team stalled in that pick six, pick six that was thrown. I honestly can't see the Patriots scoring less than 27 points in a game. Like, I, I can only see them scoring 28. I don't know why, just 28 or 31. Or 25. Like, one of those. 24. You know, in the mid-20s to low 30s, that's what New England's scoring. And New Buffalo has not shown any offensive capabilities. Any. And they beat three of the worst teams in the NFL. And I'm, I'm, I'm yes, I'm counting the Giants. Like, they, their luck box win. Okay, that was a loss, but it's down as a win column. And we all know at the end of the day, those wins do count. But we also have to realize the weight of those wins. They got freaking lucky. Um, so, uh, and, and then, yeah, and then Buffalo, and then Giants also blew the Buffalo game. So it's like, you know, it's, Buffalo is not an offensive juggernaut. They've only scored, like, 17 points. Like every game, like I'm sorry, but the magic number is 21, and I feel like the Pats are always going to get like 25 total. And with the Patriots D defense, yeah, I think this is going to be a huge slaughter. Uh, the fact that it's a seven-point favor for the Pats is laughable. I might that this is one where I will probably bet probably three units on this one. <laughs> I don't know. The, the spread in this one is absurd. And I I, I have to keep making these bold claims because I don't like making an ass out of myself when I make picks. But I'm going to have to be wrong sometimes. But, like, I feel so strong about that one. Confidence-wise, the Green Bay game, I'm like 60-40. They win like 60% of the time. Atlanta, I feel like they win like 66% of the time against Tennessee. New England at Buffalo. 
I mean, look at the stats. Tom Brady's like 30 and 2. They're like, they only, they're like, what, 14 and 2. So they lose one out of seven times, and they're a better team. So, like, in Buffalo. So this is like one out of six, one out of seven times. So, what is that? Time by 10. Yeah, Buffalo wins like 15 times out of 100. And, at least in my head, like how I simulate it in my head. So, like, there's no way. No, I mean, they can lose. But there's most of the time, New England is not losing this. And they're winning this. They're crushing this game. So, strong New England pick. So here's one. My first underdog pick. The next one. And if you listen to this podcast, it's going to sound pretty obvious. Kansas City at Detroit. Detroit here is... They are a six and a half point dog and Detroit's at home Detroit is actually pretty solid at home and Kansas City's showing against the, the Ravens make me think that this game's going to be a lot closer than I think uh, Detroit does does have the ability to match Kansas City in regards to points scored but in the same vein Detroit does not have the consistency as Kansas City so this is this is gonna be a homer pick. Like now, see this is the thing. I don't want to pick Detroit because I like them. Because I I know I believe if I were to play this out, Detroit wins this four out of two out of five times. Two out of five. Forty percent. That might be a little bit. I can't say one out of five. One out of four potentially. Let's say. Yeah, maybe like between one out of four and one out of five times they win. Okay, about 25%. Detroit does not lose games. They just haven't, like, they they don't lose games. They're a team that can come back. Stafford has been throwing the deep ball a lot more, and I think Patricia has been focusing on getting Stafford acclimated to letting, letting it loose um, when time is needed. Kansas City's defense is a little bit suspect. Uh, Detroit has shown they can win multiple different ways compared to earlier years where they can figure out a way to lose different games they're figuring out ways to win and they're not making mistakes so I think I I'm probably going to pick Kansas City here I don't I'm going to go ban, I'm, I'm switching I'm not picking Detroit it's Kansas City so Kansas City is my updated pick uh, Detroit depending on the odds here they might be a pick that I do for uh, money line because I, I I know it's going to be a plus EV play depending on the odds. So I'm pulling up I'm pulling up my odd shark and I'm looking across and the initial open for the Detroit game is Detroit opening. This can't be real. This is not. How is this right? Oh, that's why. Because I'm looking at okay. So, where is it? There's the over-under. What is the money line? I just want to know the money line. Here it is. The Detroit money line is plus 255. The spread is about 6.5, obviously. A lot of people are picking the over. Uh, a lot of people are picking KC to beat the spread. I think Detroit could have a shot for the money line in this case. But just as a standard pick for the short-term week, I'm going to have to go to Kansas City. 
I want to pick Detroit. I want to. And they're going to be my like my money line pick. That's like that I'm telling you that right now. My money line pick is Detroit. Okay? Like I do think Well, money line is two fifty five, which would mean well not a three, two and a half. It's Yeah. It's actually kind of a minus E V P minus E V play to pick Detroit, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, like I said, maybe it's just my innate knowledge of Detroit, and I've watched Kansas City uh, quite frequently, too. I just feel like Detroit match, matches up fairly well with Kansas City. And I don't know if any, there's no other indicators outside of watching the, those two uh, that I could say. Yeah. I, th I think Detroit wins one out of three. Almost, yeah. It's almost worth it. Okay, Kansas City for the football pick. Now, I'll circle back to the underdog pick. Uh, next game, Indianapolis versus Oakland. This is going to be at Indy. And 88% of the Yahoo folks are picking Indianapolis. And I tend to agree. The Indianapolis Colts are a 6.5-point favorite. They're 2-1. And, one, and uh, Jacoby Brissett. And I used to call him Brisket. I know if you listen, I used to say Brisket all the time. But I actually don't really read the names too much. I know how to read. I'm just too lazy. And I'm working on that. So it's Jacoby Brissett. Sorry, Jacoby Brissett correct pronunciation. I'm sorry, Jacoby, for mispronouncing your name all the weeks prior. Now, he's certainly developing into his own uh, quarterback. The team is starting to mesh together. Uh, the team was playoff-worthy before Luck went down, and there was a little bit of uncertainty, but Jacoby has he's been evolving, so this is a pleasant surprise. Uh, Oakland, I they won the first week, but they honestly have not surprised me. They kind of played like the way they've always been, so uh, like I said, I probably over-adjusted the week one shenanigans, but I think a lot of these teams are playing back to the mean. And I don't think Oakland has enough to win. Not in this case. The Moving on to the next game. Los Angeles the Chargers at Miami. I don't think being at Miami is going to change anything. The only thing that's going to change is the amount of Chargers jerseys, church, amount of Chargers jerseys in Miami because no one in Miami is showing up to a team that's obviously tanking. Uh, the smart play at this point is to always pick against Miami. You're going to win way more frequently against, you're betting against them than you are for them. And it doesn't even matter how the Chargers are playing, per se. It's just, they have Phillip Rivers, and they have some offensive firepower, and they're a 16-point favorite. And I just can't imagine. Like, this, this is going to be a barometer of how well Los Angeles can play offensively uh, this game. So... Do your best shot, and that's probably going to be how I how I can imagine you're going to perform the rest of the season. So if you score, if you win 21 to 10, then I'm assuming your firepower in Los Angeles is not that great, and there's going to be something else wrong. But I expect this team to win 95% of the time, um, as is currently. So not a chance, uh, not a chance. There's a small chance, but like I'm picking the Chargers. This next game's a very interesting one because both teams I have very negative feelings about in regards to how they've been playing. Um, this one's the Giants who are favored against Washington. Now, the Giants are playing at home. 79% of the folk on Yahoo have predicted them to win, or, you know, pretty have predicted them. And yet they're only a three-point favorite. This seems like a... This is a very sneaky good pick. Like... For a line, uh, so yeah, the Giants 
I don't trust the Giants, but after seeing Keenum play and how Washington play as a whole, this week's going to be a slugfest. I believe both teams are in the same division, and that's something to take take into account. Uh, now that I'm speaking out loud, these division team, these division matchups are making me a little bit nervous. Uh, the Giants could easily be 0-3. They, they really could just be 0-3 for us for a missed field goal. Uh, was it Daniel Jones? Uh, I'll learn his name the better he gets. He had a really good uh, debut uh, with a comeback comeback victory. But, uh, it, you know, we wa if you watch the Tampa Bay Giants game, I think they missed like a 26-yard field goal or some absurd short field goal to lose the game. And the Giants snuck away with, you know, a victory. Um, and, and it's safe to say that it was a lucky victory because it was literally placed in the foot of a guy. It was a high percentage shot, so it's like, it's just unlucky. It sucks, but, you know, uh, Tampa almost should have, should have had that win, but it's a team, it's a team sport and everything counts. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think that's indicative of how well the Giants are. Uh, it just means it's more indicative of how terrible the Tampa Bay Bucks are. Uh, that means to me, Giants have shown some glimmer of hope. They're trending up. Regardless of the luck, they did what they needed to do to be in the game. I can't see them losing to Washington, uh, especially at home. Yeah, Washington just, Washington just hasn't been trending well, as much as I would like to pick them. Not. Nah. Moving on to the next game. Baltimore versus Cleveland. I am very excited for this one. I think Baltimore loses this game. This is uh, this is a underdog pick, like a legit strong underdog pick that I feel. Uh, I'm banking. This is a lot of banks here, but Cleveland's defense held the Rams 20 points. Okay, Rams are a pretty good team. I feel like with Baltimore, uh, I think they're division rivals too. But this game is going to be. Are they division rivals? I'm going to double check. Uh, let's look at the NFL. NFL. I hate how I click the NFL, it doesn't take me straight to the standings. Okay, standings. So, yeah, Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns. It's a it's an AFC North matchup. Both the Bengals and the Steelers haven't won, so the Browns and Ravens are, are fighting to, to take the number one spot. So I think the Browns are still a lot better on paper. Uh, I know they lost by, like, a crap of points in week one, but uh, the other couple of weeks have been pretty close and, or, you know, pretty competitive in both ends. So Cleveland is actually trending up in my head. Uh, even though there's no such thing as a quote-unquote quality loss, uh, the fact that you were very, very close to beating a Super Bowl contender, uh, and, and Cleveland's game actually just re that's reflecting off that, too. You know, the 4th and 9, like, draw play. Obviously, the play calling is not good. Like, uh, hopefully, the coach from Cleveland hands off the duties to the offensive coordinator. But, like, the play calling itself... I don't know, like when they kept it simple, Cleveland was doing well, and when it seems to be going, trying new things and whatnot, it's, like, I, I think they're just getting too cute. Cleveland knows they're good, and they know, but I don't think they understand they need the foundational skills, like the talent is there, they, you know, I feel like everyone should know they're close. Uh, they probably should have someone more senior to come in to actually bring, like, I don't know, I don't know if they have, like, a good veteran presence, but I, I think they're a pretty young team. Baltimore is pretty young, but they also have a veteran presence. Um, but as a divisional matchup, 
this is a slobber knocker. I don't think Baltimore, I, don't, I think that seven point favor is way too high for Baltimore. Uh, I don't want to start covering, so I don't want to start getting spread picks. Uh, I, I use the algorithms for that. But, uh, but I just think Cleveland is a lot closer than we think. And if you want to use my Cleveland underdog pick to go, go against the spread for Baltimore, then go ahead. But I'm taking Cleveland. Cleveland this time. And we four. Next game. Houston versus Carolina. Uh, Carolina did show a lot of uh, grit last week. And uh, what's his face? Yeah, the, the Allen guy. He's strong, but I think Houston's just a very strong team. They they play strong. Uh, I forgot who they lost to uh, week two or week three. But they lost to... Who did they lose to? Houston lost week well, they won week two against Jacksonville, barely. I think that was more of a testament to Jacksonville's defense. And I think Houston's going to be warming up a lot more. This is probably going to be the game where Houston blows them out. I would hope. Like, they're warming up. Uh, but I'm picking Houston to beat Carolina. I think Carolina, if they win, now it's really good on them. But I feel like Houston's a solid pick here. Especially at home. Next pick is... Los Angeles Rams versus Tampa. Picking the Rams, this is obvious. Tampa, Tampa can't even beat a Giants team. I'm not, I'm not holding any doubts or holding any qualms on this one. Uh, this is only a 10-point spread. Wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm overthinking this, but I feel like uh, the Rams. This is going to be the game where off just goes off. So there's not really anything else too crazy for me to say uh, regarding that. The next game, Seattle versus Arizona. Seattle, 92% of Yahoo's picking them to win against Arizona. Arizona has been sneaky, sneaky average, which I guess it's kind of their MO. They've always been like the most average team until not. Um, but there's something about Arizona that that they kind of scare me. Like they are, they don't, they don't win. Okay. But they compete, and it's more so of figuring out when they're gonna turn it on. Uh, it could be in the middle of the season, but like I could see Seattle actually losing this game. I can see them losing this game despite being huge favorite. But I'm sticking with Seattle. I just don't trust Arizona to have it all together yet. Maybe around weeks like six or eight, but at week four they're still figuring it out. Um, you know, testing that they've been going through the gauntlet of facing like super strong teams. Uh, and they've done their they've done the best shot. So I think if they keep their spirits up, they can finish strong. But this is Seattle's time to make a statement against a team that uh, I feel like this week's a sleeper. This is a sleeping team. Um, I'm hoping Seattle doesn't sleep on them. Uh, I'm feeling like 60% confident in this Seattle pick. Uh, let's do the next one. At Chicago versus Minnesota. Minnesota is an underdog in this game. And I want to say rightfully so. Uh, I'm pretty sure on paper this is a close one. If Minnesota was playing at home, they would probably be the favorite. I don't think Chicago is going to win this. I just don't. Uh, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a Trubisky hater. I mean, I haven't seen anything thoroughly impressive of him. 
I haven't been thoroughly disappointed by him, but he just kind of seems like he's just like a like a slight tier above uh, Mariota so far. So, uh, it, and Minnesota's defense is pretty strong. Uh, Minnesota has a pretty strong run game. I think Chicago's run defense is pretty solid, but uh, I think this is a game where I believe the run is going to be more important, and Kirk Cousins can turn it on. Um, but he does tend to fold in in bigger games. So this is actually going to be a good testament for me to believe and trust in Kirk and the team. Uh, I think this is going to be more team victory, and if Kirk manages to pull it out, then that's on it. That's congrats. But this is also another divisional matchup. These ones are tough. Or sorry, conference matchup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is probably a this is a clean slip either way. But I'm going to pick Minnesota in this case. I trust Minnesota more than Chicago. Uh, as team qualities go. So, got, got you, Minnesota. Next, we have Denver versus Jacksonville. Denver is a three-point favorite. An 0-3 Denver team is a favorite against Jacksonville. Now, Denver did have a good showing last week, but they still couldn't follow the victory, uh, mainly due to a lot of mistakes, and uh, people assume these mistakes are going to be cleaned up. I would say some of them are, but... Uh, usually trade-off, and Jacksonville is riding high off of a uh, Minshew victory, and I, I love that quarterback. He seems to be, I don't know, I mean, he could suck down the road, but he's playing well. The team's bought into him, and I think Jacksonville's defense has been absolutely stellar. Uh, looking at all of their games prior, uh, let's see here, Jacksonville might be 1-2. and two. Now, they lost this Chiefs. 20 or 14, you know, 14 to 26. That's kind of to be expected. Very good season shenanigans. Um, but they toned it down. They lost against the Texans, but they allowed 13 points, allowed 7 points. And these teams, the Texans are a pretty mid to high tier team. They held them that low. Uh, Titans, they held them to 7, and they're kind of like trending towards the bottom. Denver is kind of trending towards the bottom. Like, I just can't see Jacksonville losing this game. Uh, unless, let me take a look, they are playing at Denver. So Denver does have that sneak you know, sneak advantage, but Jacksonville, I just I can't see them losing. I feel like Jacksonville wins this more than 50-50, and the fact that they're, the fact that Denver's a favorite just blows my mind. So uh, take that for what it's worth, uh, picking Jacksonville. So that makes three underdogs I've picked. Would have been four, but I talked myself out of Detroit. Three. They're at three. I'm not going to get crazy. Not this time. Like, it's time to settle down. I know teams are settling in. I can't be doing this. I can't just be picking underdog picks, because I, I can talk my way into convincing. It's like I need to do the other way around. So the last two games, we have a Sunday, a Sunday night game here. So uh, the Dallas at New Orleans Saints. And this is going to be a heck of a matchup. Uh, New Orleans got their game on last week, and so did Dallas after starting slow. This is probably a 50-50, and I don't want to... Yeah, the only reason why Dallas has the advantage here is because they're at home. So, oh, no, they're not. They have the advantage of the facing at New Orleans. This is a different one, because Dallas is going to have to play in primetime. New Orleans loves to show up in primetime, too. This game, I want to double-check if Breeze is still... Available. No, Breeze is out. That's the key. So Teddy Bridgewater is a very he's a very capable quarterback. 
Um, probably bottom tier starter, certainly good backup. He has the potential to become much better. He's still pretty young. He's only been in the league for like, what, five, six years? And he's been injured half the time. So he's still got a couple years of development to, you know, before you kind of realize like what he's made out of. But he's, his body of work isn't terrible. Uh, but I think with him, I don't think it's going to be enough. With Breeze, I would probably put New Orleans. But with not, I'm thinking Dallas will probably squeak, squeak out a victory here. I don't. I just can't see any other option here. I mean, I can, but, you know, reasonably. I'm like 60% favoring Dallas here. The last pick before we go into my anti-power rankings is going to be Pittsburgh picking them over Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I don't know why I keep this in mind in the back of my mind, but like Cincinnati reminds me a lot of Detroit. But like that's a like Detroit of like 2016 or 2017 where they could win. They have the capabilities of winning. They have some of the talent, but they just never have it all together. And Pittsburgh is just a solid team. Like, I don't know, like, they're 0-3. It's unfortunate with Big Ben and how they've been playing. And, but, like, Pittsburgh still has the firepower, and they lost last week to... Let's see, they lost to a... I'm looking right now, Pittsburgh's AFC. Yeah, AFC North, Pittsburgh lost to the 49ers. They faced the Patriots, Seahawks, 49ers. And they've edged out a loss against the Seahawks, and they edged out another loss against the 49ers. Okay, it's two top 15 slash 10 teams-ish. I would probably say two top 12 teams in my head. By by combined six points. And now they're facing the bottom feeder Bengals? Like, no. I think Pittsburgh wins this decisively. These spreads are so low. It's nuts. I really want to get in some of these. Like, I don't know how the spreads are so low. Okay, so... To, re to recap, here you go. At the 42-minute mark, recapping, nah. Green Bay. Uh, let's say like 65% positive. Sure. Atlanta. That's, I don't know, pretty positive. New England. Like 99% sure. Kansas City. That one, I'm like 60-40. I feel like Detroit could win, but I'm picking Kansas City for picking purposes. Indianapolis. Like 65% sure. Charges, like 85, 90% sure. Giants, like 60% sure. I don't know. Underdog pick, Cleveland. It's, it's underdog pick. It's not likely to happen. I, I would say this is like almost a 50-50 that they could win. So a lot of mod modifiers there. Picking Houston against Carolina. Pretty feel pretty decent about Houston. Picking the Rams against Tampa. Very strong feeling about that. Um, I'm picking Seattle against Arizona. Uh, fairly strong. Pretty strong. Picking Minnesota as an underdog to beat Chicago. This is a 50-50. I think Minnesota just wins this like 50, maybe like 52% of the time. It's close. Uh, and then we have Denver versus Jacksonville. I'm picking Jacksonville uh, as an underdog. I think they should have... I, sh I don't think Jacksonville should be an underdog in this case. In my opinion, they have a stellar defense. I... They're, they shouldn't be an underdog, in my opinion. Um, picking Dallas over New Orleans, and this is a toss-up. I'm just banking. This would be based off the quarterback. If Bridgewater wasn't playing and it was Breeze, New Orleans would have the edge. But for now, taking Dallas. And then last but not least, Pittsburgh over at Cincinnati. 
Pittsburgh is a is a fake 0-3 team. It could be two and one against tough teams. Um, now they're facing some cannon fodder. So there you have it. All 15 picks, the three underdog picks, and uh, like I said, a feeling. Like I said, I can definitely see Carolina, New Orleans, and Detroit winning potentially in Philadelphia and some of these underdogs. It, it's pretty close, um, but. I just think when push comes to shove, like the teams that are going to win will either know how to close out the games or they just know what they need to do to win. So, there you have it. Uh, next up, let's look at some odds. So give me like a couple of seconds to fill out like my tiebreaker, listen to the music and whatever, and like, throw it in the background. And well, I'll be back in a couple seconds. And we're back. So I filled out my tiebreakers and I uh, did my power rankings, my anti-power rankings. Woo! Uh, before I get to the anti-power rankings, uh, I'll make sure to timestamp all the spots you can take and look at Robert. Um, but uh, I want to talk about the underdog picks from last week. So I've been keeping track of my underdog picks and I've been using, I spent a lot of time looking at like sports models and analytical models and all that. And... And I think it was pretty cool just to just learn more of that, just so I can understand like what makes sense for betting units and what like my long-term ROI would be. And on top of that, uh, it's going to be additional bets I'm going to be placing online. So last week I had three, technically four. I mentioned Detroit, but I wouldn't, but I did not make that like an official type due to the odds. So, um, so I was 0 for three. That's right, 0 for three in my picks my underdog picks last week. Denver was leave close. They probably could have won. They had like control of the game most of the time. Um, whereas Oakland and Baltimore, um, they never really had a chance. They were open, yeah, for sure. Um, sort of overestimated them. Uh, Baltimore did kind of have, kind of have a chance, but um, not so much. And if I were to look at the spreads at the time, look at the scores on week three. Because uh, I, ha- I do have a theory that all of my underdog picks are likely going to beat the cover, regardless. So I want to double check that. So the first team I had was Denver. Denver won or lost? I know they lost. Denver lost to Green Bay by nine points, and the spread was seven and a half. Okay, for eleven. Yeah, so I wouldn't have won that one. Oakland. Plus 350, plus 8.5. I think they got demolished. Oakland Raiders. Yeah, they got demolished by Minnesota. I don't mind that. Like, these are underdog picks. And then Baltimore. Uh, plus 240. They lost against Kansas City. Against this final score of. And I swear, finding these, like, picks on ESPN is a lot harder than. Uh, imagine like nothing pops up. Baltimore versus Kansas City. They lost by five, and the spread was six and a half. Okay, so the spread would have hit, but uh, 0 for 3 from underdog picks. So looking at this week, and just to reiterate before I go into the underdog picks, some of the underdog picks with my style for underdog picks is to figure out the ones that have the highest, uh, generally the highest spread. Maybe like plus 300, or you know, plus generally plus 200 plus. Uh, you know, beyond that, and, and then see which ones are actually going to be games that are closer. 
Uh, my big flaw for week three, as I mentioned before, is that I got a little bit... Okay, I got a lot cute. Too cute. And trying to convince myself these teams are good based off of, like, two weeks of data. Right. Uh, I'm going to try to be more straightforward just a little bit on some of these underdog picks. And uh, just because I pick an underdog here, this does not mean it's... That does not mean they're going to win this game. So my pick'em might be different than some underdog picks only because I know or I believe my long-term ROI on some of these picks are going to be different. So, um, so without further ado, let's go into week four. So I am in Odd Shark, and I'm using Odd Shark to look at all of the odds uh, for the for all the online sports books for for uh, NFL. And I'm pulling this up right now. Oh, let's try to see if I can find the money line here. There it is, money line. I love the money line picks. So all, all my picks are going to be money line picks and not spread picks. Uh, all my spread picks, uh, I'll probably going to be using like a sports algorithm for that one. And then doing my own stuff. And if it works, then I'll definitely let you guys know. Maybe I'll give away picks um, if, it, if it ends up being valuable. But in the meantime, this is still a testing phase. And hopefully you guys get to enjoy my talking. All this nice relaxing rain and all that nice fire. Pretend I'm t- telling a canned story about how I went 16-0 or 15-0 and I pick them. That's super scary if you're a competitor. Okay. Alright. So looking at some of the matchups that strike me as, in, like, just off of this looking, like, flat out, like, striking is interesting. So the Philadelphia game. Philadelphia is plus 152 for the opening, and now it moved up to about 180. Uh, I don't think uh, Philadelphia... I think that pick might be undervalued, but I don't trust Philadelphia to win at this point. I trust Green Bay more than Philadelphia, so I'm going to avoid that. Uh, Carolina or Houston. Carolina is plus... started out as plus 230, and now it's around like plus 180. Uh, Carolina could win... I just don't trust... You know, I don't trust the his odds there. Tennessee versus Atlanta. Tennessee could win, but I think Atlanta's going to dominate, and most of the guys are still about in the 180 range. Cleveland at Baltimore. The line started at plus 166 and has has increased to plus 255. So this, I'm going to. I already picked Cleveland to win this game, and I and I want to back it up. I want to back this one up too, um, as long as the odds make sense. And I think close enough, I think even being at plus 255, plus 260 online, um, I think Cleveland, I'm, I'm writing this out, it's not official, but I don't, I'm, I'm documenting this. Um, it's probably going to be my first underdog pick. Um, not official yet. Let me just do the research. Plus 260. And plus 260. Keep going down. And I don't think Buffalo... Like Cleveland has a way better shot at beating Buff at being Baltimore than Buffalo does at beating New England. Like that's not even close. It's not even close. Um, Buffalo is plus two sixty. If you want to go Buffalo, that's on you. That's good luck. Have fun. Uh, let's see. Detroit is starting out at plus one seventy four, and it's up to plus one fifty from the lines. Uh, Detroit could be one. Detroit. I'm writing this down so I know. Because some of these lines actually will increase or decrease depending on how close you're going to get. And the fact that the Baltimore line, like, immediately was taken. 
and it went up from like plus 166 to 255 in Cleveland, like right away. It's, and I'm actually recording this on a Wednesday and not Thursday, so that's actually that means a lot, uh, especially early on. Close later in the week, you can see more progress, but man, it fluctuated so fast. Oakland, Indianapolis, I just don't think Oakland's going to win, so the odds don't matter. Miami versus the Chargers. So this is a... This is not a terrible pick. This is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I'm not picking this, but Miami is a plus 650. So that means if you put $100 down, you get... If, if Miami wins, you get your $100 plus $650 back. It's a long shot. Uh, but if it was like a plus a thousand, I'd be more apt to pick Miami. But I just can't see tanking Miami lose or win. So there, I'm not picking them. Uh, there's no good odds in the Washington Giants game. Uh, the Arizona Seattle game, uh, the odds are okay. It's just like plus 185. Uh, not not worth it for me. The Tampa Bay versus Rams, I'm not touching that. I feel like the Rams dominate way too much, like 80% of the time. Uh, Denver, Jacksonville, Denver. Jacksonville is an underdog here, like a plus 150 underdog, which is, again, is crazy, but I actually think they're favorites, so even though this is a boring underdog pick or upset pick, uh, Jacksonville is on my radar, it's plus, sorry, the line was plus 51, now it's at plus 150, so uh, that one seems pretty solid. Minnesota, Chicago, there's nothing good, it's almost even, the odds are even flat out. Dallas versus New Orleans, the odds are even, almost flat out. And then the Monday night game, Cincinnati is plus 180 versus Pittsburgh. Yeah, again, I'm still not trusting that. So, out of all the underdog picks that I have here, now you would think I can go for my underdog picks that match my pick'em, so technically it would be Minnesota and Jacksonville. And, yeah, Cleveland, Minnesota, Jacksonville would be the one. So the Minnesota one is like plus 110, so it's not even an underdog. Okay, so that's why... Uh, that's why they're not a sneaky upset pick. So, of the three teams for week four that I feel confident on, based off of the odds, Cleveland is plus 260. So for one, yeah, so my ROI for that one, let's do one out of plus 100 is even. So plus 200 is like one out of two. Plus two, uh, yeah, two and a half times. So divide by two and a half by... So I think Cleveland has to win about 30% of the time for me to break even, I believe. Uh, my math is probably way off here. Let me do this. 100, divide that by 0 .3. 0 .3. Well, I get 333, so... I think Cleveland wins this a lot more. I, I'm trusting Cleveland. I think Cleveland has an underdog pick long term. It's a good one. Like I said, this, these are long-term plays. Um, Detroit's plus 250. So, I have to think, okay, who has a better shot of winning here? Uh, does Cleveland have a better shot of winning against Baltimore, or does Detroit have a better shot of winning against Kansas City? Uh, my heart says Cleveland. It's so slight, so uh, I'm actually going to drop my Detroit pick, and I'm going to keep Cleveland. And I'm going to keep the Jacksonville pick, because it's actually a winning... They should be favorites, and I have no idea why they're plus 150. Maybe you guys can tell me. But two picks. Two upset picks this week. For long-term value. For long-term value. 
Cleveland and Jacksonville. I feel like long-term those are going to come out ahead. And I think, uh, definitely think if I win this week, if I win both this week, then my result would be plus 2.6, 1.5. I would actually be, despite being, if I went 2-0 and this week, my overall total would be 3, 4.1. I would be up one, one betting unit, like 1.1. Um, by picking these underdog picks, if both Cleveland and Jacksonville win. Again, that goes to show you that these picks are meant to be plus EV long-term, and that's assuming I win, and not meant to be um, used as a win-loss. Okay, so uh, ideally I want my teams to have a 50-50 shot at the end of the game. That's how I like to pick my underdogs in general, and I get the sense that Detroit can't do that. Jacksonville, yes, can. Cleveland can. Um, they just need to get to that point. So... Um, there you have it with my underdog upset picks. Cleveland, plus 260. Jacksonville, plus 150. Wish me luck, guys. Feel free to copy me, but, um, you know, just do your own due diligence. I'm just talking. <laughs> I'm just talking out here. Uh, so, uh, to wrap up, well, not wrap up, the wrapping up this last segment, moving on to... I'm pretty sure some of you like this. Let me know. Let me know which parts you like, either the picks, the upset picks, or this last segment I like to call Anti-Power Rankings. I love the Anti-Power Rankings. Let's start out as like a joke concept. It's something that I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm loving, I'm looking forward to doing every week. And if you're unaware about the Anti-Power Rankings, these are very similar to the Power Rankings that you would see on ESPN, NFL.com, anywhere. Except for the fact that I'm focusing on the worst of the worst teams in the NFL. I use this also as a barometer of figuring out uh, which team could probably possibly be who, giving up and then heads up. But generally how I focus uh, these power rankings is a combination of how they've been playing as a season, like as a whole. What have they been trending recently? So they, like the last two or three games is very telling. Uh, now that week three has been done, um, especially weeks two and three, we can see how teams have adjusted. Uh, team week four, there's going to be a lot of big matchups, so I'll have a lot more information for me to adjust to go from there. Um, there are going to be a lot of good matchups, like Cleveland-Baltimore one, Kansas City-Detroit, New England-Buffalo is a really interesting one, uh, even the Washington Giants one, Seattle-Arizona is a really good one, Jacksonville-Denver is actually a pretty interesting one that people don't, aren't going to talk about. Yeah, this week is full of top-tier matchups that we can figure out who's actually who they say they are versus the pretenders. So, I'm very excited. Very, very very excited. That said, I'm going to try to slow it down a little bit. I like to keep these episodes between an hour and an hour and a half at most. And I'm generate this segment is between like 10 and 20 minutes. So uh, after this, I'll say my goodbyes and then I'll just let the little rain and the sound do its thing. Okay, I don't like to have any music at the end that defeats the purpose of the podcast. I don't like throwing ads at the end, but that's the purpose of the podcast. I already talked about my sponsors and everything else. Like, I don't have any. If they come, that's cool, but I want to make sure it's going to be uh, a non, like, non-disconnected like non experience. Or maybe congruent, that's probably the word. You know, I want my experience to be congruent, to be solid, and to make sense uh, for the podcast. Like, helping you sleep, and help the insomnia, uh, and help you relax and kind of calm down so uh, that said going into long word mode <laughs> I have to turn it off as you can tell I was a little bit excited but 
I'm heading into week three of my anti-power rankings. Uh, I'm just going to talk for like 10 more seconds so I could say like, okay, the 60-minute mark, anti-power rankings begin. So I've been tracking a lot of... Well, I've been tracking since what? Week two. And, uh, well, I'll wait, I'll wait a couple more seconds. Two, four... There it is. One hour recording. So, anti-power rankings. I've been recording since week two, or sorry, week yeah, week two, and then I've been keeping track. Uh, last week I've expanded it from the top 10 to top 15. I'm analyzing the top 10 worst teams based off of what I mentioned before in my criteria a few minutes ago. And I've included it to around the bottom 15. Um, the last teams between 11 and 16 aren't going to be analyzed as much compared to the top 10, uh, mainly because they're there for tracking purposes. So I can say, hey, this team up X spots or they're down X spots. It's strictly for accounting purposes. Uh, generally, I will also mention the tiers of like mediocrity or terribleness for each rank. So heading into week four, we have a lot of teams that have just been stinking up the joint, I'm not going to lie. Um, we've, we've seen a lot of change over the last couple of weeks, and we've just seen teams that haven't changed as much. So starting out at number one anti-power ranking team, the Miami Dolphins. Now, what? there isn't much that, ne- that needs to be said here about the Miami Dolphins. Like We can't definitively say they're tanking, but we all know they're tanking. Okay, when you're only scoring like eight points a game, three points a game, zero points a game, did they have it? Have they only scored eleven points all season? Like that is not, it's not good. They probably scored more, but you, you guys get what I'm trying. To, you guys get what I'm trying to say. This team has it seems like no will to play. They just don't seem to care. Uh, it seems like everyone's kind of looking forward to the next season. I mean, they're trying, but you know, the effort of well, the effort of trying is seen on the field. Like the results speak for themselves. They're terrible. I don't know if their coaching or anything else is going to get better, but uh, it's dumpster fire right now. So congratulations, Miami. Third week in a row, number one. It's a power things. I don't know how you're ever going to give it up, but you earned it. Kudos. Number two, the New York Jets. The Jets moved up from spot number three. So they moved up one spot. They went plus one. And what I don't know what I can say about the Jets. Uh, the, I wanted to believe in uh, Falk, uh, but they just laid an egg. They're not—they're just they're not a good team. I believe they faced the Patriots, right? And the only highlight was the backup of the Patriots through a pick six after this first play. So uh, the Jets really haven't shown too much life. They haven't done anything really. I don't—I don't get it. I don't get them. I don't get the team. It could just be me, but the Jets just don't seem like a team that wants to try. Like, like they, <laughs> I, I, I can go deeper, but eh, what's the point? They, like they, they started out as like my fifth worst team, then they moved up to number three, then they get number two. Like you can't beat Miami. You can't. You can't beat a team that's outright tanking. Number three. The Washington Redskins, moving up. They've been moving up the charts. They started out uh, number eight in my anti-power rankings. They moved up three spots to number five, and now they're at number three. They moved up two more spots. 
This team does not quit at sucking. It's amazing. They've overtaken our number four spot. Washington, Case Keenum. Come on, you can't you can't be diving over, you know, what is it, a QB sneak situation, a fourth and one, like it's a goal line. You, you, you know, when you fumble, clearly Case seems to be out of his element. The Skins might have had a good start with that offensive firepower early on, but it might have just been, uh, you know, catching the defense off guard at the beginning of the season in, in game one. But Washington does not look good. Uh, the defense does not seem to be particu particularly uh, amazing, uh, per se. And I want to double-check a couple of things I want to say before I start spewing off nonsense. Not that I haven't been, but let's be, let's be clear. But the Skins, their differential is still terrible. They're in a division that's fairly competitive. They're 0-3, and all of their losses just seem to be progressively getting worse. And they're giving up 31 points, or 32 points a game. Yeah, that's not what good teams do. Uh, and, yeah, I just don't trust them. I mean, they're facing the Giants coming up, which could be a test. Uh, but, yeah, the Giants, when I say test, I mean test for, like, some of the worst teams. So, um, I'll, I'll leave Washington as is. I'll let them be. Go, go on, Washington. Just be Washington. Number four, the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona has just stayed at number four. Uh, they haven't moved at all in the power rankings, and that's because Kyle Murray seems to be getting better every week, and the team seems to be getting a little bit closer to winning or knowing what they need to do to win, uh, or at least kind of being competitive. So that being said, they got demolished by Carolina. They did put up a fight early on. So again, there are flashes that show up there, and they have been competitive. And, uh, you know, Carolina is just a better team. That's kind of all that really matters at the end of the day it just shows you kind of the tiers levels where they're at arizona is just not at their level arizona has the ability they've shown flashes but i just you know their their team they gave up how many points have they given up especially in the defense 27 to the lions in the tie ravens they kind of slow down a, a bit uh but that was more of the ravens yeah panthers let loose so i can't imagine the seahawks having too much trouble against arizona um, would not surprise me, as I mentioned, Arizona could sneak out a victory. They, uh, it's just more so of their, it's more so Arizona's consistency of showing the flashes, turning into something that's more relevant long term. Uh, if they could start doing that, I would love to. I would love to push them out of the anti-power rankings. Like, but they've done nothing for me to say they are the top three worst team in the NFL. They're not. There's just all these other teams just want to keep jumping on like the worst team train in Arizona is close. I sense that they're close. So, uh, Arizona, I love you guys. Uh, you're still not you're still not there. Like you, you have to have some wins that at least justify like, what you're doing. Number five, Tampa Bay. They moved up four spots. They were they barely creeped in at number nine, and they were barely on my radar in, two weeks ago. Uh, Tampa Bay can't for one, you can't be losing to the Giants. You had a lead to the Giants. If you are who you say you are, you don't give up leads like that, okay? On top of that, you you can't even kick a field goal. And yes, it's super unlucky, but but it's a whole team sport. Like it's a game that's a game you should have won. You literally should have won. It's a high percentage game. You had it in your hands. You control destiny. And you couldn't. And you know, that's that's what losing teams do. They lose games. They find ways to lose. 
I don't know. I'm a Lions fan. I'm a big Lions fan. We, we found ways to lose for, like, my life. Okay. So we're figuring out how, we're figuring out ways to win. Okay, it's no wins are ever going to be the same. So here's for Tampa. You just got to stop figuring out ways to lose, you know, until you can stop, you know, bungling everything. Like, I just don't, like, it wouldn't surprise me if you lose again in terrible fashion. Arizona might actually jump you just based on how they're playing, like how, how I feel like the team strength is. So Tampa is not, I'm sorry, Tampa, you're just not performing. Uh, number six. Uh, I know some of you people who are listening are probably not going to like this one, but they've moved down four spots, and that's the New York Giants. Yes, so Giants that beat Tampa barely. I am not giving any. I'm not giving you all. I'm not giving you any credit. Uh, take it back. I'm giving you very little credit for what you've done. You won. The, you won a game. You won a tough game that you came back and should have lost. If it was not for an errant field goal, very close field goal. Uh, we all we all would be saying, okay, you're you'd still be a top you know, bottom you know top three anti power rate team, okay. But uh, the Giants did show some growth with the with the rookie quarterback. This doesn't mean that you're terrible per se. Like I was still putting you on the cusp of being bad. Like it, it's not. I'm sorry, but like that's just how I see it. Uh, if you could win again with the Giants uh, with the rookie quarterback, that's that will show something. But uh, a a ugly victory is still a victory, and I have to move you up regardless. Uh, you're still I'll put you higher than Tampa, obviously, um, but Tampa was on the downtrend. So, to me, that's kind of where you stand. Is number six in my anti-power rankings. You start off on the bottom. You got to work your way up, dude. You can't. You know, I wish I could give you a higher spot, but for a lower spot, this is not how it works. You know, you can't just beat a terrible team and expect, you know, expect good things uh, all the time. But it'll, it'll get you out of mediocrity, that's for sure. Moving on to number seven. Denver. Yes, Broncos. The Denver Broncos seem to be... Eh. Like, now, you know, now we're kind of entering the stage of, like, the seven through 15. You know, it's maybe seven to ten. Teams that are more mediocre and not terrible. I don't want to say mediocre, but, like, you know, above, above the step of awfulness. Denver Broncos have shown that they can play, that they can control a game, but they just haven't been able to win. And I don't know. It's a team that has been perennial playoff teams. They generally win. They know how to win. They have decent coaching. Uh, the team it just seems to be underperforming. I don't have any animosity against Denver. It's just uh, they just haven't been winning. Like They just don't show up. And uh, This might be a little bit too high for Denver. I've given them uh, seven, but I just don't have any reason for me to. What's the word I'm thinking of? To go for them, like they lost last week against. Then they had a face Dallas. They faced Denver, Green Bay. Yeah. A very stout Green Bay defense. Uh, I don't think Flacco's terrible, as much as what people say that he is. Uh, they barely lost the game against the Bears. Probably could have won against the Raiders if they had their crap together. I don't see them beating the Jags, no. Against tough, against tough defenses, Bears, Packers, and now Jags, like they they fold. So their offensive firepower is pretty weak, but they've also been the victim of a very serious schedule, like it's very very strong schedule. So um, that said, you still lost to the Raiders, dude. You can't do that. Um, 
that's probably the biggest reason why you kind of lost some spots. But you still haven't won, and you're 0-3 team, so the fact that you're number 7 in my power rankings despite being 0-3 is a testament. You probably could be much lower, but I don't like basing these off of strict records. I like to see how you're performing recently and how you're trending. Number 8. Cincinnati Bengals. They've started out strong with the first week and then fallen, free-fallen. Uh, moved up from the 12th spot uh, for week 3, and, and heading into week 4, they are number 8. Uh, Cincinnati, I mentioned this prior, they just seem to be like an average team. Uh, there's just nothing that strikes me as saying, like, this team's dynamic, this team can win any week. Not that they can't, but they just don't have it together, and they haven't shown any consistency in ages. Uh, Cincinnati, I can imagine, continuing a free fall, but uh, for now, you're still number eight. You know, good luck to you, but uh, I... I don't have high hopes, uh, not gonna lie. Uh, but, again, I said, like I said, this is uh, more of the mediocre side. I'm not, like, full-blown terrible. And I know, I don't know why people think mediocre is, like, a terrible thing. It's just, like, below average. I mean, yeah, below average sucks. But you're not the worst. Okay? Like, the Lions, we know mediocrity, and we know terribleness. Yeah. So, we, we, we know what these boundaries are. Moving on to number nine. Pittsburgh Steelers. Creeping in to the top 10 for the first time that I would never imagine in even cracking the top 10 in my anti-power rankings. Um, but uh, the team has just been underperforming. Uh, they haven't, they've been losing the close games. I think they're going to start laying away, so start beating a lot of the bad teams that are probably beneath them. Uh, and especially in the power rankings, too. So, like, this, I forget what they're facing this week. The Pittsburgh... Steelers are facing the Bengals. The Bengals, the team that I just ranked them above, you know, or ranked Cincinnati above, as uh, they're facing them. So this is pretty much a matchup of two teams that are downtrending, and it's probably a good barometer to see where Pittsburgh stands, because if they lose, they're dropping, you know. Um, but if they win, I can, I can imagine taking them out of the top ten as like our rankings, like them getting their their mojo back, and they could probably start winning. Uh, but with Big Ben now, it's pretty tough. So we'll see. It's still hard to get a gauge on, on Pittsburgh, but I feel like they're still strong in a lot of aspects. Um, and then, closing out the top ten, number ten is Oakland. And I probably should be given Oakland a lot higher rank compared to weeks past. Um, but I almost probably bought into them a little bit too much in my after week one. So, uh, you know, week two of the NFL, uh, yeah, they did fine, and then uh, they lost the last couple games, so they just don't seem to be impressing, they just exist, and when you exist, you kind of just mediocre, like it just, like Oakland has shown a flash of something neat, but it hasn't been consistent for a while, and I feel like Oakland could be building something for long term, that's the biggest reason why I'm kind of keeping them in the top ten, and not, like, higher. Uh, but we'll see as time tells, because results matter at the end of the day. So Open went from, they weren't even on, they probably would have been like the 17th lowest team like a week ago, to showing up in the top 10. Doesn't look good for Oakland, guys. Uh, that's all I can say. Uh, and then rounding out 11 through 15, I'll throw in 16 too, uh, depending on how, how it trends. Um, and I'll throw some reasoning in too. So... Uh, number 11, a Tennessee mediocre team. Uh, number 12, 
Buffalo. So, uh, they finally reached out of my top 10 anti-power rankings, but I am very adamant to keep. I really want them to stay in my top 10 anti-rankings because I don't believe that they're 15. I'm sorry, Buffalo. Like, I think you are a team that just faced three terrible teams uh, and not that you shut down three okay teams. Right? Like, you were behind in the Giants game. Like, that's the worst team. You were... You gave up a Cincinnati team, like, game. And you only scored, like, 17 points. Uh, and then the other game, I think you won? Uh, I forget. But I just... Nothing has screamed impressive. Like, your defense is good. That That's... But good defenses, that's only one aspect. Like the quarterback situation, I don't think it's particularly great. I don't think it's particularly bad. You know, the offense as a whole kind of stinks. Uh, and when you're facing a lot better teams that aren't in my top five, or sorry, my top six anti-powerlifting teams, it's kind of hard for me to take you that seriously until you have a test. So I gave you the credit at number 12, Buffalo, but... In case any Buffalo fans wanted to know, that's the reason why. And I should be going over this faster, but I wanted I wanted to justify Buffalo. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, number 13. Uh, they were trending down, but uh, pretty hopeful as a team as a whole. They have some offense, they have some mojo, and they have the legit defense. They have more than what Buffalo has to offer, in my opinion. That's why I placed them above them. Cleveland stays at 14. Uh, good showing, but nothing really to indicate that they're worse or better off. Uh, this next week is going to be a is going to be a long-term test. Like, they should adjust, and I believe they can win against the Ravens. Um, we'll see. Uh, number 15 is Atlanta. Uh, they did not... They weren't even in my rankings prior. And then Carolina squeaked out. Uh, they're number 16. I don't even want to count them. They're not even an anti-power ranking team. Uh, they're, you know, they're workable. They could be a playoff team. So can Atlanta um, right now, but... Uh, just depends on the quality of the opponents are facing and how well they're able you know, to play at the end of the day, um, you know, up to their potential. And I know all this stuff sounds like generic stuff, but I mean, that's really what it comes down to. The teams need to show up. Uh, and that's it, my friends. That is it for the anti-power rankings. So to go in order, worst teams in the NFL. One, Miami. Two, the Jets. Three, Washington. Four, Arizona, 5, Tampa Bay, 6, New York Giants, 7, Denver, 8, Cincy, 9, Pittsburgh, 10, Oakland, 11, Tennessee, 12, Buffalo, 13, Jacksonville, 14, Cleveland, 15, Atlanta. And there you have it, folks. Whew. This was a great, great episode. I'm, I'm I'm terribly sorry that my uh, my picks were nine and seven. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to reel it back. I know there's any given Sunday there should be any that go on, uh, but for me, I really try to strive in getting those 50-50s. Because if it's a 50-50, like it's a close game at the end, and if I'm able to correctly estimate which teams could be in those 50-50 spots, then that makes me feel a lot feel a lot better in my analysis versus um, having a bunch of decisive victories that, we're, that we all knew ahead of time. Because that not, that's not how we get edges, and that's not how uh, football in real life works. And you know, it's just kind of figuring out the right the right formula and, like, the potential of, like, what teams can do and win. Uh, generally, at the end of the day, it's up to two or three specific superstars on a team that could make or break a game uh, when it's close. And 
at that point, you'd have to analyze each individual team and, like, certain aspects and, like, what situations work best for them. And I don't have the time for that. I mean, <laughs> this is, like, I, I did most of my research. Literally, I, I usually do about half an hour to an hour of, like, this type of research before. Uh, probably do additional research throughout the week, and I try to watch as many games as I can. So, uh, yeah. Uh, some of these teams I mentioned in my rankings and picks I don't watch, so I want to keep that in mind. Like, I'm not a sports analyst, I'm not a guru. Uh, just a guy who wants to keep track of his worst teams and likes to have a little, a little bit of fun just talking about it on his podcast. So, and if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to keep downloading, subscribing, or like my Facebook and Twitters, and you can subscribe to me on YouTube. I post, um, they're the same audio versions, but you can listen to it on YouTube. I try to keep calm backgrounds. Uh, I try to update my podcast to have more of a pleasant video experience, but finding a video editor that I like and, and like, or trying to do it myself is either too time consuming or too cost consuming. Because uh, this podcast isn't being monetized, so I'd rather just uh, focus on getting my content out there. And if I start keep getting more downloads and you know, randomly sponsors and whatnot, then um, I can certainly fund the money to up, update and upgrade my video quality on top of it. Uh, in case you're wondering, I probably won't be doing a video podcast because that kind of defeats the focus of Jerush. Uh, not that I'm afraid to show my face or anything, it's just, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it fits the theme of the podcast. Not that the NFL picks do, but, uh, you know, it's something to talk about while, you know, you listen to the rain. Maybe something to consider, too. You know, if you can't go to sleep and then you just feel inspired to take the bet, well, don't blame me. Like, I'm, not, I'm not advising you to do that. Um, but I'm just, I, you know, I don't know, I just like to let you guys know my process, what I think, and what I'm passionate about. And, and it's pretty rare, you know. You know I don't know. It's, it's, it's different. Um, but, hey, guys. I appreciate you guys taking the time, honestly, to listen to the downloads that I've been getting. I can look now, but I'm at, like, 900-plus and it just keeps growing, uh, like, faster and faster day by day, it seems. And I haven't done any active promoting of the podcast, so uh, I, I don't know. The fact that you guys are able to find me is super phenomenal, and I appreciate it, guys. And gals, I don't know who's listening. Uh, you guys have a great day, or a great night. Take it easy, and just, I don't know, dream it out. I thought I had, like, a saying, but maybe, I don't know. Alright guys, you guys, dream easy. Take care.